Hi, and welcome. Now, at a time when property markets are going crazy and there's been a significant post-COVID shift from CBD concentration to regional decentralisation for those that are chasing lifestyle, safety and security, one of the common questions we hear from prospective investors revolves around whether it's better to buy one high-value property or to split your capacity to secure two or more. So to discuss the ins and outs of this conundrum, we're joined by leading buyer's agent, Josh Masters from Byside. Welcome back to the show, Josh. Thanks, Bushy. Thanks for having me. Always, mate. Now, Josh, what are the pros and cons of buying one higher value property versus splitting the budget to secure two or more? Yeah, this is definitely a question I get asked a lot uh, by my clients uh, when we're going out there to, to purchase investment properties. Uh, I think with the the being able to split properties into two, for example, if you've got a, a an eight hundred thousand dollar budget and you want to buy two at four hundred thousand, obviously there's this diversification aspect to it. Just like when you buy shares, rather than putting everything into BHP, you know you get to buy multiple shares. And over time, depending on what the market's doing, some could be performing better than others at any time. And hopefully over the long term, both will come out in front without the risk of having everything in one basket. Uh, also, when I'm dealing with clients, I always like to take stock of what their portfolio looks like because we've got land tax thresholds that we want to avoid. So if you've bought a lot in, say, New South Wales or potentially Queensland, you want to make sure that you don't hit that land tax threshold and you want to be purchasing in alternative states because that can take a real hit to the budget over time. Of course, sometimes you'd say, well, you know, these cheaper properties, they're cheap for a reason. And often we can find that if we're buying something that's more expensive, we'll get a better quality tenant and hopefully a better quality property that won't incur so much maintenance over time. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, no, it's a, it is a bit of a conundrum. So if investors split their budget, will they achieve the same outcome with the benefit of diversification, do you think? Well, they definitely will get diversification, but it really depends on the performance of those properties and those areas. I always like to say it's the area that will outperform uh, rather than the property itself. You know, the, the rising tide lifts all ships, so to speak. But it can depend on what those areas are doing. For example, you might look at somewhere in, uh, you know, the, the Brisbane area looking to take advantage of the Olympics. Uh, then you also might be looking at somewhere in regional Victoria looking to take advantage of, uh, you know, the Melbourne exodus and the proximity to Melbourne from some of those satellite regional centres that are doing quite well, like Geelong, Ballarat, Bendigo, et cetera, that are very strong in employment, transportation links, uh, employment nodes, et cetera, and being able to diversify across both of those. But which one will come out in front and will they both perform over time? We don't have a crystal ball. You definitely get the diversification, but you know, even we've spoken on the show about how this, these property markets will perform in, in Brisbane in reaction to the Olympics. And look, the, the, the jury may be out, but the research certainly shows that it may not be performing as much as people may think. Yeah, it's, a, it's exactly right. It's uh, there's a little bit more to it than than just the the price of the property is going to determine its performance, and 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 that's where the sort of science that you apply to the process starts to make the difference between a, a performer and a non-performer. But uh, tell me, from from that bu budget perspective, is there a budget that's too low or too high where it's not worth worth considering splitting? 
Yeah, good question. And look, let me couple, cover uh, one thing in, in the middle of that um, that low point and the high point. I don't necessarily buy into the um, the adage that you know buying a what we call a, a blue chip suburb uh, will necessarily be a better performer than than the others. Um, what we do know is that you know buying in somewhere like let's take um, you know Sydney's Lower North Shore for example, it will perform well over time. I wouldn't say consistently, but you know at a six or seven percent growth rate, that will certainly outperform some of the regional centres that we've seen over the last 10 or 20 years, no question. Yep. However, there are very good reasons to be buying at the lower end. And what I could call a lower end is probably, you know, your, your 350 to 400 minimum plus, yep. um, where they really have good grounds for infrastructure spending, um, proximity to employment, transportation links going in, you know, all of these things that make, solid fundamentals for, for growth drivers happening in those areas that you can rely on. Now, just because it's cheap doesn't make it good. And, you know, there's a lot of areas out there that, uh, for example, I would say uh, maybe in the Western Australian market, which ride very closely to the iron ore price. Now, iron ore attached to mining um, you know, went through the doldrums around 2015, 2016, and only recently peaked at around 220 in July. However, now that's come down to 125, and that's only happened in the last couple of months. So how will the markets react? So you've got to know why you're getting into these areas. It can't be just because, you know, it's had good performance. You've got to understand the reason why. It's not just attached to the iron ore price. It's got to have the drivers behind it. It's got to have the government spending. Uh, that will push that forward. However, yeah. I do think that there is a price point you get to at the top end where it doesn't suit every client. And look, don't get me wrong, I have clients going in at $1.5 million, $1.8 million. And some of the best performers in the Sydney market, for example, are houses in the inner ring of you know the five to 10 kilometer radius. Now you buy there in a strong performing market and you can't beat it. You know, you've got eight to 9%, you know, year on year growth and you've got a lot of money in the market. So your return over 10 years is going to be exceptional, but the rental return could be quite poor. So it doesn't suit everybody. If you've got a little bit of cash to put out of your pocket, you know, every, every week or every year to make up the negative gearing component, then that's okay but it's not for everybody. Yeah, and, and you, you, you make a very good point. It's, it's horses for courses, and it, it's, it's really clear. It's, it's, not, it's not really about the, the price exercise. It's about, we, we mentioned diversification in terms of uh, the, the property side. We also need diversification in terms of the economy so that there, you know, there's a critical mass that's not reliant on one industry uh, for employment. Uh, you mentioned infrastructure, which is a, a very strong uh, future driver. So we want committed infrastructure that's not there yet, but that's going to go in. And we want strong and growing income so that the incomes, are, 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 as they grow, people can continue to pay more for properties in that location. So, uh, mate, uh, I love, always love chatting about these subjects with you, mate. Uh, really appreciate your balanced view on, on this, Josh. And, and thanks again for your time on the show today. Pleasure, Bushy. Thank you for having me, mate.
Thanks, mate. Now, uh, the takeaway again is very clear here. Before you secure a property, reach out to an independent property strategist and a buyer's agent. And if you're wanting to know what's really happening with property around the country, subscribe to Buyside's monthly report at buyside.com.au. Stay with us here on Realty Talk.